Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. All right, welcome back uh, to the to the Brain Mastery series uh, brought to you by ABI. Uh, I'm I'm excited to have uh, a bit of a dream team here uh, today with us talking about um, you know brain injury, but in a very often um, under recognized uh, population of people. And uh, these are two uh, innovators looking to really influence positive change in a very, very meaningful, meaningful way um, in, in the world of intimate partner violence and brain injury. So uh, today I, I have with me uh, Karen Mason and Dr. Paul Van Donkler. Um, together, uh, they have uh, founded a, a very, very important project called the SOAR project that, that they're going to be uh, talking to with us today. It's extremely innovative, to my knowledge, one of the first, if not the first in the world, really addressing this issue that is um, is is far too prevalent. Um, you really, both of you have really opened up my eyes to this 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 massive problem in our society, and uh, I'm just um, you know super excited to to share some of your words with the people that 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 will be listening today. Um, Karen has a has a career in in journalism, um, in in really um, helping um, uh, you know stakeholders in the community in need of service uh, through community support work through uh, the Kelowna Women's Shelter. Um, Dr. Paul <laughs> Van Donkler is is a researcher, um, is a professor, um, is a very well published mind in the world of of brain injury, and together they're. Um, it's just really exciting to have them together here, uh, sharing um, some of their some of their thoughts, their wisdom, and ideas around around brain injury. So, thank you for for joining us today. Is there anything I missed? You, anything you'd want to add? I don't know. I think I sound pretty awesome <laughs> by your introduction. It's true. <laughs> so, Paul, anything that you'd want to have uh, you know added there? No, I think it's all it sounds good. I, I mean, you know, the like like you said, the work we're doing is uh, really exciting and uh, innovative, and I think a key part of that is our partnership, um, both per, both personally and professionally, and so that I think helps a lot. Yeah, totally. Um, I um, why why don't you? Because it is unique. It's a pretty cool story. So why don't you talk a little bit about that, about your partnership, and and you know um, how it came to be. So about six, almost six years ago now, Paul and I were both a little less middle-aged than we are now, and uh, we were both single. And, um, you know, as many singles do in this day and age, we were scanning the online dating sites. And we met on Tinder, of all places, and we both swiped right. Um, because look at him. He's cute. He's tall. He's smart. And I'm, you know, I'm not so bad. <laughs> great personality. We both swiped right and we fell pretty madly in love pretty quickly and started dating. And so the backstory at the time, I was executive director of Kelowna Women's Shelter, which offers emergency and supportive housing to women and their kids fleeing intimate partner violence. And Paul was a career 
neuroscientist researcher at the University of British Columbia, Okanagan, where he remains, um, mostly focused on sports concussion at the time. But a few months into the relationship, I stumbled across um, an article that was really an editorial, one woman's story about her own family. And it became clear in reading this article that brain injury in intimate partner violence and domestic abuse was a massive issue that nobody was talking about. So right. I, had, I had this light bulb moment, immediately sent the article to Paul and said, forget football players, we need to study women. So, yeah, and so, um, you know, um, being new in the relationship, I immediately, <laughs> okay, I'll do it. <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> you know, I was intrigued right away. I was like, wow, this is cool. And this is, you know, intimate partner violence is obviously the thing that Karen works on. And I similarly had a light bulb moment where I'm like, holy smokes, like, yes, we need to try and better understand this. And so, as a researcher, I went on, you know, the bibliographic databases that I use every day and put in the keywords intimate partner violence and brain injury. And I think a total of, you know, 10 articles came up <laughs> and only two or three of which were, were, were specific to actually assessing brain function and brain dysfunction in women who'd experienced intimate partner violence. And so it became really obvious really quickly that this was a completely understudied area of research and and also became really obvious really quickly that it was a major unmet need in terms of the supports and services that were provided is to get you know evidence about brain injury into the hands of people who could actually use it to provide support and so that you know that was the basis of it all and uh, we've uh, been fortunate over the last few years to get um, some good funding to be able to help support um, the SOAR project and uh, and have made some really strong headway in terms of better understanding both what's going on uh, related to brain function in women who have experienced intimate partner violence and then also translating that evidence and knowledge into useful tools and, and uh, we're starting on um, kind of a third phase which is to look at providing supports that are brain injury informed. That's wonderful. That's so awesome. That's such a cool story. <laughs> um, so, I, w when you think about you know people that are 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 listening to this have heard from you know uh, medical doctors have heard from brain injury survivors have heard from um, you know clinicians community support workers uh, families of brain injury survivors. Um, what what for people that are listening here and I think you're already hinting at it but you know I, I want you to really help them to understand what's the main message that you would want people to hear and and please if you have different main messages please both speak but what would you want people to hear specifically around your really innovative and important work in, in SOAR? I think the key thing that people still don't know is that brain injury is an almost constant reality for women who've experienced intimate partner violence. The, the research of which there is still not a lot suggests as many as 92% of women in intimate partner violence may also have suffered a brain injury. And yet still what we hear about is sports concussion, concussion from crashes and accidents. So I think people need to understand this is an invisible public health crisis that we all need to be concerned about and try to take action on. Awesome. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, using that knowledge to change the conversation around 
how the healthcare system responds, how community-based supports uh, responds, how you know government-level funding <laughs> responds in terms of uh, supportive housing. Um, you know, just in the most broad term, how society responds to this, right? I think it, it's vital that we change how people think about it and and um, the sorts of supports that are provided. Well, that's what gets me so excited to know both of you is um, when I first heard about this, you know, I um, I was so non-informed. I felt terrible. I'm like, my goodness. And then I and then I forgave myself and went, whoa, 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 this is here for a reason. You need to learn and you need to listen. And and that's been I've been really fortunate to learn and, and listen from both of you. And and, you know, when I had the opportunity to get involved in some way, shape or form, I'm like that, that we need to, you know, we 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 absolutely have to and do as much as we can, because um, as I continue to learn more, um, it, it, what, I'm, what I'm learning is the need is even higher than I ever even could have fathomed. And uh, I'm just so thankful that you're doing this, that you're doing something about it. You're not you know, saying that's a problem. No, you're, it's, you're doing something about it. And I love it. Um, when, when, you, when you think about you know, the future of, of brain health in general, and let's say you each have your own crystal ball. <laughs> what would you say you would like to have your hope for the future be? And just generalizing in the, in the world of, of brain health. I think brain injury overall is really an invisible issue still. And people don't understand truly the, the real scope of how this impacts individuals who experience brain injury, their families and society as a whole. So. I would love to see a world where people really take a brain injury informed approach and a trauma informed approach when providing healthcare and other supports to any demographic really, but of course in our case, particularly to women who may have experienced intimate partner violence because there's so much stigma still attached to that and so many nuances and complexities to the issue and to the challenges that women face that mm -hmm it's really critical that those who are providing those services, no matter how much they know about brain injury, for example, that they also learn about trauma and how to deal with women who've experienced trauma. Awesome. Yeah, I think um, embracing complexity is kind of been yeah. my uh, mantra in, in doing this work uh, is just trying to better understand how the different aspects of this experience you know, come into play to to uh, create the situation and the context and the person, um, uh, and and you know the outcomes that um, that that they're currently experiencing, but then also what the potential is for um, better outcomes in the future. And I think that generalizes, I think, to a lot of different um, you know aspects of brain health in terms of um, you know re recognizing that it's not. A simple recipe, <laughs> and that that there's a lot of different factors that need to be taken into account. And I think breaking down silos between different kinds of support and and being multifaceted and integrated in terms of that support, um, so that it's you know not just a brain injury rehab specialist, but also potentially a social worker and a health counselor and a physical therapist mm -hmm. um, and an exercise physiologist, you know, all involved in person's care. Yeah, oh, 100%. And I think that's part of why we connect it so quickly is, you know, it is extremely complex, like, a, you know, extremely, extremely complex. And uh, sorry, Karen, I think you had something to add there. 
I'm just wondering if we can if we can speak about how the next phase of our project involves please the work do. ABI Wellness has started. It seems we should probably mention that. Hey, please, please do. Hey, so uh, we are um, working together with a local community um, uh, brain injury support uh, organization called Brain Trust Canada here in Kelowna, who have implemented the ABI Wellness uh, program. And uh, we are uh, doing, um, uh, I guess, a, a, a hybrid version of it uh, or an adapted version of it that takes tr the trauma that uh, uh, our participants have experienced into account. Um, right. So, so um, adapting it uh, through an, a trauma-informed lens um, to incorporate components that uh, are, are, you know, um, recognizing that that's part of uh, the person's experience. Right. Um, this sort of thing really hasn't been done, um, certainly not in Canada, uh, in any um, major way. And so um, I think, you know, the outcomes will be fascinating and uh, we're hopeful that, uh, you know, with the funding that we have in place, we'll be able to generate enough data to be able to, uh, you know, create some blueprints and best practices around what could, what is possible and what could be achieved. Um, obviously, you know, different contexts will require different adaptations and, and programming, but um, the goal is eventually to uh, inform um, potential um, interventions and other supports uh, in, in other contexts. We're, we're calling this phase of the initiative um, the empower phase and this aspect of it which is incorporating the abi wellness program is called the community support network because we're really trying trying to create this integrated safety net for these women so they'll be participating okay. in the basic programming but we will have a client navigator who will be assigned to them who is a women's counselor and will work with them through the process and be an emotional touch point as they do the program and we'll also be measuring them before during and after to measure uh, changes in levels of resiliency, quality of life, um, brain function, yeah. things like that, so that we can really get a sense of the efficacy of the program and whether adding these other targeted aspects helps. No, that's wonderful. And again, I just, I really um, acknowledge both of you for um, taking action. Like, I just think that's such a, it, what you're doing is, is, is not easy to do. I, and and I think people listening can appreciate that, um, but you're doing it, and and you're doing it in service of those who really need help now. And that you know every every day I feel privileged to be involved with this kind of work and to be able to speak with with people like yourselves that are that are walking the walk and actually doing it. And it is I I. I you know, I love your passion, Karen, for this. You, you're making things happen. And Paul, I really appreciate your comment around the complexity, because um, it is extremely complex. Um, and and it can be. There can be times. I you know, admittedly, I, I look at the complexity just in, only in my in my little bit of work in brain injury here, and I go, oh god, it's just too complex. <laughs> I can't, oh, like yeah. like, but but because your vision is so strong. And maybe you might want to share that too. Like, what is that vision that helps your why that helps to get you out of that bed every morning? You know, because I know it's got to be strong in both of you. Yeah, it was, um, th this has been an interesting, I guess, evolution for me as a scientific researcher, right? Uh, I happily spent the first 20 years of my career, you know, 
doodling away in my lab and asking really interesting questions that me and four other people in the world were actually you know, interested in, in enough detail to you know, have a beer at a conference and talk about and get really excited about and then publish, you know, in our peer reviewed journals. And that was the end of it, right? Like that was right. curiosity driven research um, and, and, and trying to better understand how the brain works or doesn't work when it's injured. Um, and then when, when we started on this project, there was still that curiosity there, right? Like we still want to try and understand and, and generate evidence that is consistent with the fact that brain injury has happened in survivors of intimate partner violence. But I think we really quickly got to, well, that's great. You know, here's another peer reviewed journal article or another presentation at a conference that describes this evidence, but let's get that evidence out into the community so they can use it and be informed and aware of the fact that brain injury is part of this experience. So we've done work around that and created some knowledge tools that are being widely disseminated and used to help raise awareness and knowledge of brain injury and frontline staff and others who come into contact uh, with women who need their support um, around this issue. But then the the kind of third phase is like, well, great, but then, you know, if you have a, a person at a women's shelter who is more aware and maybe does a few check-ins with a client uh, after they've, uh, you know, um, spent some time at the shelter and, you know, comes to the conclusion and, and gives feedback to the client that, yeah, you've probably had a brain injury or several brain injuries. Yeah. And what? <laughs> it's like, how does the system then, where do they refer someone to to get supports for that? And right now, you know, in the large majority of cases, I think there's a lot of barriers to appropriate um, kind of TBI and trauma-informed supports. And so that's what this empower phase is really all about, is to pilot test what that might look like in our particular community. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, I think what we want to achieve is higher quality of life and, and better outcomes in, in, in these women who, you know, just people that are walking down the street and not necessarily realizing that they have a brain injury from their experience. For me, I've, I've always done meaningful work that affects change like that. It, I have to be doing meaningful work that affects change. So when we met and we started talking about this project, it was really interesting to see Paul's evolution from pure science <laughs> to science that can make a difference. And I think my background working the front lines with women who've experienced violence and my background in journalism and communications, I think together we've managed to create a really interesting synergy that can take us from that piece of research and facts and evidence to creating changes in policy and practice and educational tools. It's really, the hope is that we can do the whole package, which is a bit optimistic, but we're trying. Heck. Yeah. And from a, you know, academic perspective, one of the things I joke about when I talk about the project is the more I get into it, the more I realize how little I know. <laughs> so, and so, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that uh, I'm at a stage in my career where I can think broadly about the things yeah. that are interesting for me and bring in colleagues who do have the expertise. And so, we have people from, you know, pathology and social work and sociology and um, all sorts of different disciplines that are contributing to different aspects of the project that help us, you know, very formally and systematically get through the research questions, but then also always have this eye to the kind of practical applied side of things. So it's it's been really 
invigorating from an intellectual point of view, as mm. well as I think, you know, making change in out in the real world, which is literally the bottom line of all of this. And we're, we're now starting to see the incredible potential for mentorship and training the next mm. generation of researchers on this topic area, which is incredibly exciting. When we first launched SOAR and came up with the name, it stands for Supporting Survivors of Abuse and Brain Injury Through Research, by the way. Um, I, I said, I hope someday people will know what this is and, and there will be students and experts coming to you, Paul, and wanting you to supervise them so they can help with the project. And we're at that place. We have students coming and, and you know, who want to do a postdoctoral um, research fellowship, who want to do their PhD, who want to do their master's. And some of them want to do it in stuff to do with the ethics and the legal considerations of screening for brain injury. Some want to do it in pure science and blood biomarkers for brain injury. Some want to do it in changing policing practices and training. So it's it's amazing to mm -hmm. see how how this important topic is grabbing so many people. Because I think people are starting to realize that there's an urgency to it. Um, and it matters. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Super cool. I mean, you're just talking about totally translational research, which is what it's all about. Yeah. That was my frustration. I think, again, that's part of why we connected a little bit is, you know, I heard about all these concussion, you know, again, you know, naive me not knowing very much, but I'm working on it, you know, looking at sport and because and, 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 that's what I was exposed to, right? And, and more so in my, in my experience at that time. And, and then understanding that these, anyone may have, whether it was a motor vehicle accident, whether it was um, uh, some kind of uh, sport injury or a slip and fall, or uh, sadly, you know, um, IPV, when we've, when this has occurred to us, um, then what? And that that was the thing that I that was keeping me up at night. It was like, well, the, but then what? You know, yeah. and you know, I was driving. Uh, I keep in touch with people that we work with, and uh, some of them. And you know, one of the fellows was one of uh, Paul. You you both be familiar with the with the work, but one of the really innovative neurosurgeries that was done at VGH. Uh, one of the bolt brain bolt um, uh, surgeries that was done. Well, one of those folks was actually someone who ended up at Watson Center, uh, the not for profit, and his name's Ryan. And he was got a, like without those neurosurgeons, he wouldn't be alive, right? Like that they're they're superheroes as far as I'm concerned. But then you, he got this more kind of traditional physiotherapy out at the Alma Gavin out at UBC. They're wonderful people, remarkable. But then I asked the question. What are you doing for your cognitive rehabilitation? And the dad looked at me like, he's at UBC, he's good in great hands. And I said, yes, he is in wonderful hands, but what are they doing for his cognitive? The, the, the question remains. I was channeling my my inner carrot. I was, you know, like, I'm, I'm give me the answer. I want the answer. You know? and, and, and I wasn't going to let it go because I'm like, this guy has cognitive, he needs help. And, um, Ultimately, he ended up spending 16 months in Watson Center. He had a very um, severe, and he's open about all this, a very severe injury, and he was a firefighter before. And I spoke with the family on the weekend. He can't undo, you know, what, what had occurred to him there. However, he now has the capacity to go back to firefighting. Mm, wow. And, you know, that's what it's about. And, you know, so I drove past, and the untold story is, you know, 
actually Ryan's engagement in his cognitive recovery. Like Ryan's Ryan's hero yeah. on the end of that, right? And so it's enabling people to have that opportunity to participate in something where they can take back some more of their own control yes. and reclaim some of what has been taken away. So I, I'm just so excited to, 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 to have us play a small part in some of what you're doing around this project. It's, it's just a, it's such a wonderful initiative and, um, and we'll learn it's complex. I mean, only smokes is it complex, but we'll learn. Um, way, you know, people that are listening to this, they, they might be, you know, really anywhere. Um, but probably a lot of Canadians and, and Americans, if people want to learn more about this work, they want to get involved. How do they do that? How do they get in touch with, with you and learn more about this? Uh, well, they can go to the uh, website for the project, which is at uh, soarproject.ca. Um, and that's got information about the team and the work that we're doing, um, our upcoming conference next week. If they're uh, really wanting to get up to speed in a, in a real hurry, um, that's going to be an amazing event where, uh, you know, we brought, you know, one of the neat things about this area of research is because it's so understudied, there's actually a pretty small number of people that are in a position to be able to uh, speak to it uh, in any depth. And so we've gathered almost all of them together for this wow. week. Um, and so uh, I think that's going to be a really fantastic event because it, 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 I think, um, captures a lot of what the project is all about. And so it's got kind of a research evidence base um, a stream, uh, kind of adv advocacy and, and awareness raising a stream and then an intervention, uh, you know, community support based stream. So it's covering off all the same general themes and, and uh, factors that I think are really important. And so it'll be an interesting mix, I think, of different um, uh, uh, kind of talks, but then also the audience itself, mm -hmm. I think is, you know, representing all those different components. Um, and hopefully we'll have some opportunity to have some um, some really good discussion and, and uh, virtual socializing uh, to talk through, you know, where we're at and where we want to go and um, how we can all work together to uh, to achieve those goals. Our, our website also has some great um, educational resources that we've developed and links to other resources and background, including the concussion awareness training tool online for women's support workers, which is a 30 to 40 minute online course. It's video based. It's quick. It gives someone the basics of brain injury and intimate partner violence and some tips and tools on how to support someone who's experienced it. We first developed it for workers at women's shelters, but it's really applicable to anyone who works with women. So that's a great first step for someone if they want to learn more. Great. About it. great. Well, um, you know, we'll, um, we'll we'll have to do this again. Um, there's a there's a this is the start of of something big. I know it. And it's going to do so much good in communities, and you know, it's it's starting in Kelowna, but I know it, it. So many communities are in need of this, and if people listening want to learn more about how to get involved, please, please reach out um, to the SOAR project and to and to Karen and Paul. What they're doing is extremely important, and I strongly, strongly encourage you to go to the website, check it out, attend the conference. It's going to be amazing, and I'm sure it's going to be something that 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 continues. Hope so. Absolutely. Okay, well, thank you both. Don't forget to check back for a new Brain Mastery segment every week.
Here's a sneak peek of our next thought-provoking interview. My message to the world of brain health is that it is possible to change our brains for the better. And really, if we put in the time and the effort, and, and that should, of course, be emphasized because there's no quick fix in, in neuroplasticity. You have to put in the time and the effort. Um, and right now, I feel like too many people still believe that our brains are fixed um, and that we're, we're stuck with what we have. Um, but we know more and more from the research that our brains are, are constantly changing based on our experiences and really whatever we give focused attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess this means that if we want healthier, a healthier brain or if we want healthier habits, we can turn our energy towards things like exercise, diet, cognitively stimulating activities like cognitive training um, and mindfulness meditation. And this can help improve a range of things for, like from our overall well-being um, to our ability to recover from a brain injury or illness. Um, and then also we have this really great data now to show that it can reduce our risk for dementia. Thank you so much for listening to the Brain Mastery Podcast brought to you by ABI Wellness. Be sure to follow us on social media channels at ABI Wellness. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.